Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Um, I have to say, I am very excited for all of you to be rocking with us here on the Spawn of Me podcast this week. Uh, of course, this week and every week, we try to bring you some dope stuff and try to bring you wonderful things like me messing up, um, hitting a record button uh, before we started the show. Uh, so I got to figure that part out and fix that somewhere in post. No idea how I'm going to do that. But that's what happens when you wind up moving into a new space and getting new things done and happening to get everything in new places. So if you have noticed, if you're watching this on Twitch or if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, the background looks very different. Uh, Things have moved. I have moved into a new home. Uh, We are now in a different space. Uh, So I am super excited uh, to be able to talk about that. You know, my family, we wind up moving to a bigger place. Uh, We wind up moving to a different spot. Um, And all that stuff is, you know, amazingly cool it's awesome to be able to uh you know get that kind of thing happening and 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 grow in that way from a family perspective um the cool thing about this is this is kind of temporary this is like in my attic right now it is hot as hell you can see i'm sweating up a storm uh so for sure that is a a thing uh to to behold because i'm glistening like a mofo out here in this piece um but you know in a couple of months, we have a plan. We're going to be building a new studio in our basement uh, that's going to be all space for me. Uh, so I'm hoping and thinking that we're going to be trying to do some really cool things, not only visually with the show, uh, but with, you know, the space. We're going to have more stuff, more space to do stuff. Excuse me, more space to do stuff, uh, which is going to be pretty fantastic uh, in and of itself. So if you watched or listened to our, uh, we missed a week actually uh, because of the move. Uh, that happened prior to that uh, we had some fantastic conversations with a lot of dope folks we had our spawn for good event where we raised over eighteen thousand dollars for the folks over vote writers which was amazing and fantastic so that was very cool again if you're listening uh to the audio version of the show we have changed some things around so now we change our show uh to record on a thursday night and it goes up live the next day on friday night uh so this will be a very late night tonight because we just finished recording or i'm sorry just finished streaming our first night uh co-streaming the thursday night football games from the nfl with twitch which was fantastic it was a lot of fun to bring people together and do that thing we didn't win this week uh there's a weekly way that you can win uh some some gifted subs in your chat uh or for your channel we weirdly came up last, not last, we came up in like 14th place uh, because some of the stuff we got screwed on and that's okay. We got screwed, but it's all right. Uh, and we'll figure that stuff out. Um, but it was super, super cool to be able to do that work. And again, thank you to Twitch for, for bringing us in to do that kind of work. Uh, it's really cool to be partnering with the NFL for the first time. We hope we do, hopefully we'll be able to do this with you know us and a whole bunch of other streamers and doing that kind of thing. Uh, so that was super dope. Um, and yeah. It's a a lot of stuff is going on. It was a very spicy week uh, on the internet. It was real wild in the streets. Uh, I I don't know how much I'm going to talk about that because that stuff happened like really early in the week. Um, But I will will comment on some of that stuff in a real way. And and of course, a lot of folks who have come by the video stream tonight are excited because I tweeted this out that I'll be showing some some of the Xbox Series X uh, before we get into the news uh, for the week. 
Uh, so hold on for that. We'll be definitely doing that. If you're listening to the audio version, definitely go back and check the VODs and all that other cool stuff on our YouTube videos for that. So the TLDR of the drama that happened this past week was really interesting. It was uh, our friend uh, Jason Schreier, who, who works over at Bloomberg now, um, tweeted out to the folks over at CDPR who, you know, CD Projekt Red um, about... You know, they had a tweet out that's talked about them going gold uh, for Cyberpunk 2077. Super, you know, celebratory time for that team. Of course, we all know that there have been lots of problems with uh, crunch throughout the industry. CD Projekt Red had a, a take earlier in the year that, you know, they said that they didn't want to have any form of crunch in the development of this game. And then a couple of weeks later, they came out and said that, unfortunately, we're going to have to crunch through some of this stuff towards the end of the development to get to gold and then to get to launch. Uh, of course, a lot of folks in this year were really upset about that. As per usual, the same folks who are usually mad about that stuff were, were mad about this again in more verbal and vocal ways again. Um, you know, we have talked about crunch being shitty on the show often enough and many, many times we've done so. Um but it was interesting because the conversation turned a little bit when our friend Paris Lee, you know, of Gamertag Radio family of the show, um, kind of got at Jason Schreier in, a, in an interesting way. So he tweets back at Jason, who uh, says something to the effect of, um, you know, congratulations on your, you know, going to gold. Um, actually, let me see if I can pull it up because I, I want to see if I can pull it up in a, in a real way because I don't want to misquote it. Uh, and see if I can find it. Uh, but basically, he he kind of gave a a backhanded uh, compliment to the folks over at CDP uh, CD Project Red um, about you know them you know going through the process of of getting this game to gold, and then kind of um, he kind of he kind of threw a shot at those folks in an interesting way, which I thought was just kind of weird. Like it's, it's kind of silly. He says, um, looking forward to playing this best wishes to all exhausted developers still working long hours to fix as many bugs as they can by release day. Paris then responds to that and says, crunch absolutely stinks, but it's almost like your agenda matters more than letting some, I'm sorry, crunch absolutely stinks, but it's almost like your agenda matters more than letting the same hardworking folks at CDPR have just one day to celebrate a huge achievement. Congrats. This then starts a whole nonsensical war, right? Nonsensical stuff on multiple sides of the stuff. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, it's nuts because the, the beef is weird, right? Um, and I came out and, and basically, cause then, uh, Jason, Jason Schreier then responds to that tweet with a, a shaming tweet towards Paris. Uh, he says, it's disappointing, but not entirely surprising to be accused of having an agenda by influence who get free chairs from companies involved. He says, my agenda is to report on the video game industry as fairly and honestly as I can and not to take swag from the companies that I cover. So the foundation there goes into these conversations of multiple layers, right? You know, the folks who are upset with crunch everybody in the industry is really basically upset about by crunch. Most folks who are not upset by crunch, you know, upset by crunch are folks who don't really have any connection to the industry in a real way. You have Paris who 
of course, like he is definitely like the face of Cyberpunk 2077. If we're if we're all being honest, we know that that's the case. They work with him often. They send him a lot of cool stuff. You know, they promote his stuff fairly often because he he's really looking to to cover that game in a real way. Um, so this weird schism happens between you know Paris, who's an influencer slash media guy, and an investigative journalist, and Jason Schreier where all these other folks kind of jump into the fray and they start picking sides, right? Because they're like, well, Paris talked shit about Jason saying that he had an agenda, which a lot of people got stuck on that word, which I understand. That word in terms of journalism is very, very loaded. Um, and I think that kind of like didn't hurt Paris's uh, complaint, but it is a thing that when you say that to anybody who works in an investigative journalistic per, per perspective and, 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 and rain or, or an angle, they take that as an affront to their work. They're basically saying like, yo, you know, you're not doing your job right. Uh, and you have some kind of ulterior motive in, in the way that you're kind of working. And then you have the folks who are like on Jason's side, who was like, well, you know, you as this person shouldn't be talking shit because you take free things from the companies anyway. Um, I landed in a weird space when I saw this whole thing kind of roll down the hill. One, I understand what the agenda, uh, the agenda conversation was about when it comes to Jason Schreier. Everyone again, who pays attention to the way that this stuff works, understands the work that Jason Schreier is needed and very, very good. There are very few people who get to the bottom of a thing as thoroughly and as quickly as Jason does. The other angle on that side of the fence is that Jason can be a dick often when it comes to people on the internet. Um, there have been lots of conversations that I've seen him jump into where you would say like, hey, he's you know in this conversation for no reason and doesn't really need to be in this conversation, but he's inserted himself into this conversation in a way that is unhealthy, unreasonable, and unnecessary. So you have those two things as part of the conversation within that that exchange between those two people. And again, I think this is the thing where what uh, bothered me about all of this stuff was, was Paris said what he said, Jason said what he said. Uh, Jason kind of coming at him with the like, you know, you're just an influencer thing. This is what you do kind of kind of move was sloppy because it doesn't take into account what Paris has done in the space. And also what a thing that I shared was when you say things like this, when you basically take, you know, someone like that, someone like Paris's work into account and you, and you put judgment on it in that same way where you kind of disparage it and belittle it in that way, it does a double effect where again, there are very few of us in the space, right? There's very few of us in the space in that way. Um, the attack in, on Paris's integrity was really kind of uncalled for because it, it tells me that you don't pay attention to that man's work. You have no problem kind of shitting on anybody that you want. And I understand that he has a, a quick trigger finger when it comes to blocking people and other stuff because he has been abused often online. So I, I, I understand that part. But the unintended consequences of that stuff is that, again, it puts another black eye or another... Uh, 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 you know, suspicious eye on the work of a creator of color when there are not a lot of us in this space. We are constantly told that we don't belong in these spaces. 
uh, we, we are constantly told that our work is not good enough and that we shouldn't get the kudos that we get and the, and the opportunities that we get. So, you know, a lot of people jumped into the fray. A lot of people got at me because they were like, you're defending Paris and all sort of stuff. And yeah, I'm defending Paris in lots of ways because one, he's, he's, he's fam. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not biased to that conversation, but I will also say I know his work and I know Jason's work. I've watched this industry for a very long time before I got in it. And I've seen all the players work. And the thing that bothered me was there were so many industry uh, um, folks who kind of jumped to Jason's defense without understanding the consequences or repercussions of what that stuff means from that perspective, where sure, you can, you can focus in on the, uh, the loaded word of agenda, but that doesn't do the same thing to Jason Schreier that it does from Jason Schreier to Paris in that way. Um, the other part of that conversation that was real sloppy and real, and real stupid was again, so many of my industry comrades and colleagues in that space weirdly have this like magical lack of context, magical loss of memory, like selective amnesia was real hard during this conversation because Again, we've seen Jason Schreier do certain things in the space that have been sloppy and that, and that have not been the best move or the smartest move in terms of the way that he deals with people, the way he talks to people on the internet and any of that stuff. So I understand that folks in the journalism um, um, group in the, in the space feel attacked by that because it is this very um, uh, 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 tight-knit family, right? Where it's like, well, you're attacking... You know, if you attack one of us, you're kind of attacking all of us and talking about our integrity in that same way. When you bring up a thing like, you know, you have an agenda. The real conversation is like, we all have an agenda in this industry. My agenda is to spotlight people of color and be dope. That's my agenda. My agenda is to try to speak truth to power as much as I possibly can. The folks on the journalism side, their job and their agenda is to be as truthful and honest as they possibly can be. That is an agenda. You're doing that work. Um, it doesn't mean that you go to that thing with a skewed skewed prism when you do that work. You're supposed to be objective. As a journalist, you can be objective as a influencer. You should be objective if you're reviewing things in the ways you can. And the thing that people forget and don't remember when it comes to these conversations is that within the context of these conversations about CDPR and CD Project Red, Paris has also done the work of being critical of them as well. Now there's a whole conversation about like how critical you are to uh, the ratio between you being critical versus what people want you to say and how strong they want you to say it. That's a different conversation, but to, to frame it in a way where people are kind of coming at him to be like, we are just a show because you get free shit and you get, you know, chairs and all this other stuff just doesn't fly when you have people like him who have doing the work for over 10 years who have been really honest about their feelings about all the stuff that they've either gotten for free or have worked to get or conversations and all that kind of stuff. So I think, um, I think in that conversation, there was a lot of weird stuff that people were kind of getting into. And I feel like it was one of those weird deals where we saw people kind of like collapse into their circles real hard and not pay attention to context in a way that actually matters. I had a really weird and stupid exchange with some people 
um, during the whole conversation that made me actually mad. And I usually don't get mad when it comes to conversations over the internet about this kind of stuff. But there were some folks who were getting at Paris in this way that they were like, I, I hate when people talk around a thing and don't speak, speak directly to it. It's kind of dumb and, it, and it's real stupid. Cause I'm going to say it with your chest kind of person. Um, but there was this conversation that basically boiled down to a lot of people talking shit about the situation. They were getting at me because they were like, why are you defending this dude? And, you know, you're not paying attention to, you know, the fact that he got at Jason first and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, one, do you understand the context of, you know, have you been following Jason and have you been following Paris for a long period of time? And the person was like, you know, I saw the thing that Paris said and, and Jason did what he did. And that was fucked up. The Paris did that thing. And I was like, well, have you, have you like looked at Paris's work? Have you like paid attention to his work over the years? Like, have you actually like contact, do you have context for this conversation in a way that's not just like, I saw people talking shit and I wanted to jump into it. And two things happened. One person in that conversation said, I don't know who this random Paris person is, this rando Paris is. Um, but all I know is that I saw Jason try getting shitted on and I needed to say something about that thing. The second person said something within that thread in that conversation was that I was gatekeeping the conversation. <clears throat> I was gatekeeping the conversation by asking people to have context and to have looked at the work that the people have done before they jumped into the conversation. and had a whole bunch of shit to say. So basically I am now gatekeeping people from having a voice or having that conversation in a real way by asking you to know what the fuck you're talking about before you talk about a thing. That shit is wild. That is the wildest take I've seen on the internet in my 10 years of being on the goddamn internet, especially on Twitter, where literally people are trying to say now that you are a gatekeeper. If you ask people to know what the fuck they're talking about before they say a thing, that shit is wild. Shout out to everybody in the chat right now. I don't understand that from a, from a conceptual standpoint. Yes, I would say, and this is maybe this is just me before I jump into the fray with anything, any conversation, I try to do this. And there are times when I get hot and there are times when I, I, I go off the, off the rails. And there's times when I, uh, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, very like not used to having a hot take in that way. I'm not hot take Khalif in that way. I'm very like measured in the way that I do this work, but like. If we're going to get to the point where you literally don't have to, to like know shit to have an opinion, which is most of the internet, then we're in a bad spot. Like we're in a really bad spot. Right. And I think that's the thing that I would ask everybody. This is this whole conversation is to, is to focus in on that part, right? Where if you're going to jump into a thing that has repercussions in a real way and then want to kind of like self-imposed, you know, you know, act like you have been the aggrieved one in these conversations. I will give you mad credit if you know what the fuck you're talking about. But if you just roll up into a conversation just for the sake of it and want to have the most to say and have no understanding of the industry in that way, the way relationships work in the industry, the way the past has worked for people's context of why people do what they do. Like I understand a lot of shit cause I see a lot of stuff. And I've seen a lot of stuff over years. So when I approach a conversation or when I talk to people about the way they've been acting on the internet, I'm not doing it because I've just seen you do a thing once. I've seen you do a thing multiple times. So there's a pattern of 
the way you react to things and the way that you act with people and the way you respond to people. So please use better judgment in the internet. Please understand that if you are one of those folks who are captain hot take and just jump into shit for the sake of jumping into it, that you look like an asshole. And that's honest is you look stupid when you do stuff like that, because the people who actually have been in this industry for a long time and actually care about real relationships in this, in this, in this uh, business know that the thing that happens in these relationships is that people talk. The industry is amazingly small. It is infinitesimally small in comparison to other industries. Everybody knows everybody. The people who need to know everybody need to know everybody and they know those people. So like, even in the conversations that happened with Jason and Paris within those conversations, I had my, you know, say what your chest moment with Jason. And I was like, look, the things you said felt petty. And it's not that we're saying don't, you know, this isn't a like uh, uh, shut up and shut up and dribble moment between Paris and, and Jason. Yes, it is a thing that if you're looking at it from an objective standpoint and you're like, hey, you know, Paris has done this thing with this company. So sure, that looks like he's shilling. Jason looks like he's the aggrieved because someone kind of called him out for a thing that people don't want to call him out for weirdly. The conversations that happen within the industry around Jason Schreier is there are a lot of people who don't like him. He knows a lot of people who don't like him and he kind of revels in the fact that people don't like him. That's okay. That's totally fine. If you want to rock that way, that's totally your jam. But to be able to not say, hey, you're being a dick sometimes, even in the context of crunch, when you're having a, a really important conversation around crunch, doesn't mean that you're caping for the industry that is doing the crunch. It doesn't mean you're caping for the company that you're doing that work with. It doesn't mean that you can't be objective when you get free shit, because we all get free shit at a certain level of the industry. And most folks, again, there's a different line between the... Uh, the 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 obligations of a journalist and a person like myself, Paris, other folks who do this work, where we straddle multiple lines. We straddle the lines of being media. We straddle the lines of being influencers. The 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 lanes that we roll in are very different. The obligations are different. The rule sets are different. That being said, we still try to you know, I am honest about all the stuff that I get, my feelings about that stuff. The, the way I talk to people about the things that they send me behind the scenes, I tell them honest truth about that stuff. And that is a thing I do to the audience. Y'all, I do that for y'all as well, because at the end of the day, the only thing I have is my word. It's the only thing any influencer has. You know what I mean? And I think that's the most important thing to understand is like, yeah, everybody gets into the whole like, well, you'll be swayed by all this stuff and all these things. And I was like, yeah, that would have happened seven years ago, eight years ago when I first started to get shit because I was super hyped about getting all this cool stuff that I was getting. And I was like, yo, I'm super hyped about all this stuff. I am very excited about the fact that I get cool things now as well, but that does not change the viewpoint or the, uh, the conversation or the way I get feedback or the way I tell all of you at home, my feelings about all that stuff. So the idea again, that of course, if you get a free thing that you're absolutely biased towards those people and you, you hold them to a different way, that doesn't really work when you get into a certain space in the industry. And, uh, and I know that breaks people's hearts to understand that people can be objective while getting a free thing, but it happens all the time. 
and and you know i'm lucky and blessed enough to be one of those people who gets a lot of cool stuff often i'm going to show you one in a minute but it is one of those things of like that conversation is very very weird the other thing that i want to say before we switch switch gears is the tea of the gaming industry is that a lot of people have a lot of shit to say but a lot of people will not say that shit to your face and a lot of people be fronting real hard when it gets on the social timeline about who they are in comparison to what they say. The people who don't do that most often are a lot of POC folks because we don't have a lot of space to not be honest and not be truthful. And even in the gaming industry, it's even worse because the, 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 the angles and the, and the connections are even tighter. So you will see a lot of people who don't like other people, they work with them. And that's fine. You do that with most of the stuff. There's a lot of people at my job I don't like, but whatever. A lot of people at, you know, at other jobs. Well, no, actually, I like people at my job. All the people at my job are actually kind of dope. But in, in previous ways, there's, other, there's been other people who, who kind of suck and you still work with them. But a lot of people won't tell you any of that stuff to your face. They'll subtweet you. They'll write all the stuff on Twitter. They'll talk within their own circles. That's humans. But also, it's stupid. Like, we're all adults. Like, if you have some shit to say, say the shit. That's just me. That's my Bronx me. That's me. That's who I've always been. I will tell you if you suck to your face. And that's all you got to do. But all that to say is, again, if you leave any this part of the conversation with any tidbit of actual truth and reasonable parts to this, just know what the fuck you're talking about before you jump into a conversation. It would really do the Internet some good. It would really make everything a lot better if you just didn't jump into every conversation thinking you know everything and then being loud and wrong a lot. So that's all that part of the conversation. Massive love to everybody involved in all that stuff. I give a lot of respect to Jason Schreier for uh, responding to my my parts of the of the conversation. And after I told him that he was being petty, he said and I and I applauded him for this was you know, that wasn't my intent. I was being genuine about giving them kudos um, during that part of the, during my tweet about that thing. And all I can do is take his word for it and be like, okay, that's dope. I, I, I based my reaction to the way I know you to be for the most part. The fact that you said that you were being genuine, that's amazing. And that's awesome. And I rock with that. That's you doing you. I appreciate that. And then we keep it moving like fucking adults in here. It's not that hard. So uh, alongside that, we have some good news that happened this week. We are now sponsored by the wonderful folks over at Vin Porter. Um, again, if you type exclamation point Vin Porter in the chat, uh, you'll get a wonderful link uh, that you can then use to buy yourself some wine. Uh, very excited about that partnership and that sponsorship with Vin Porter. So massive love and thanks to them uh, for rocking with us here at Spawn On Me. Uh, we have a really cool thing that we're working on, actually, uh, that is going to be very, very uh, specific and, and very uh, special uh, for all of you in the chat. Um, let me see if I got that right. Uh, there you go. That's what it is. Uh, let me fix it in the, in the other places. But yeah, like that's what's going to wind up being the case uh, with Vin Porter for a while. We're going to be doing some cool stuff with them. They sent over like three bottles of wine. I'm going to taste probably going to do some of that stuff on stream at some point, go through it, talk about what I like, what I don't like. And then we're going to be doing some cool stuff with them. Hopefully very, very soon that you're all going to like as Burkago residents. The other thing that wind up happening fairly soon. And I think, you know, it's one of those cool things that we get a chance to showcase 
um, is we got one of these bad boys into uh, the Adam's crib. Uh, drink a whole bottle of wine on stream. I will totally do it for you. Uh, this is the Xbox Series X. This is not a final product yet. This is still work in progress in terms of the final hardware and the final software. But this is the actual bad boy here. This is a lot of it right here. All this big, chunky goodness of this console is right here in a real way. Again, this is directly from our friends over at Xbox. That thing is huge. It is massively big in lots of different ways. That thing is huge in so many different ways. Again, um, there isn't a lot of stuff that I can talk, so many fingerprints. You shut up, Dr. Jones. I see you in the chat. Um, I have really bright lights and my hands are greasy. Uh, and, and everyone who is shaming me about putting it sideways, calm that down. There will be no horizontal shaming in this chat. There will be no horizontal shaming in this life. You calm that down. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to share about this, because again, we're under embargo. Uh, there's multiple embargoes to be able to talk about stuff. The things I can talk about tonight are, I can show you what the hardware looks like physically. Excuse me. I can talk a little bit about the backwards comp compatibility stuff that happens on the Game Pass side, which is fantastic. And the thing I'm really excited to talk to you all about is uh, Quick Resume, because I think Quick Resume is brilliant. It is one of the coolest game-changing functions that we're going to see in next-gen, and I hope that other, you know, this seems like a thing that is just really, you know, in Microsoft's wheelhouse right now. Am I sleeping with it? Plastic Coaster in the chat says, am I sleeping with it? No, because I'd be getting it in, so I don't sleep with my consoles, baby. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can tell I'm tired and punchy. Um, but Quick Resume is the game changer right now. Of all the things that I'm seeing in this in this space and, and, and with this particular console, it is the thing that has made me change so many things. And, and the quick loading times has fundamentally changed the way I think about gaming from a console perspective. So again, camera, we may lose some, some focus and stuff here. Again, that's the back of the device, you know, power, HDMI, a, a couple of USB ports, the ethernet uh, port. Here is the uh, Seagate uh, expansion drive. Uh, on here, uh, which is super easy to insert and, and put in there. And again, it's just a big, chunky, chunky, chunky box. It is very, very nice. It is heavy. It is a heavy, heavy, heavy console. Um, like I'm, I'm holding this with one hand because I'm strong. But you know, it's it's a really beautiful device too. Like I, I just love the way. It looks like I got like seven thousand rocket launchers that are real small. Um, but it's beautiful. It's a wonderful beautiful console in terms of the way that it works. Um, I had some questions that I was going to pull in from the chat or from, from the, uh, from the internet. And I still haven't found those yet. I still have to pull those in. I may hold off on those and put them into another show. Cause I forgot to do it for this show. But again, I want to thank everybody for sending in uh, voicemails. We're, we're doing that again, speakpipe.com slash spawnomi. So if you want to, you know, send us a message about anything, uh, let me see if I can find that speakpipe, blah, 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 blah. Um, like, please send us messages for that stuff. Like, I really want to start doing more um, uh, voicemails on the show. 
in a real way. So I would love to be able to do that with all of you and really get that in into a real segment that we can do on the show. Um, let me see if I can find the link for it so that you can see it in the chat. But um, I think that's what I'm really, really hyped about, uh, to be honest, is doing some more of those because people sent us some really fun, fun stuff already, uh, which I thought was great. And I thought that that was super cool. Uh, so it should be speakpipe.com slash spawn on me. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. So put that in the chat real fast. Um, so absolutely. Like it is very, very cool. Uh, and please send us messages because I would love to do that in a real way. I'm going to read a couple of quick things from the chat just to see where uh, things were. How many games did you try and load at once? I have loaded up around six games at once at this point. Uh, and each one of them loaded super, super fast um, to the point where it has fundamentally changed the way I think about playing games on the console. Like I shared a little bit earlier where oh my God, I'm sweating like a, like a host. Um, I, I am a person who likes to kind of skip around when I play games. Like I can get frustrated when I play Mortal Kombat or something to that effect and then want to switch to something else really quickly. Um, so, you know, with this being uh, in the OS and, and being a part of the system, I found myself like not being, not feeling like I was kind of like tied down to playing a thing for a really long time, which is kind of good. Um, I remember specifically jumping in from something like Rage to something like The Outer Worlds and then back out to something like No Man's Sky and then into Ori. A lot of the games were, were, were games on Game Pass because those are the ones that we have access to currently. Um, and I was popping in and out of games super quick, um, super fast, actually. I was jumping out of stuff and dipping and diving into, into things, you know, as much as I, as much as I wanted to. The switching of stuff was cool, not only because you can just run through multiple games at once and it leaves you in the state that you were in before you switched. If I remember correctly, that also works after you power down the system. So like if you power down the system, usually you would think that all the games would just close out, but those games still stay in the memory and you can like still go into some of those games as well, uh, which, which was super, super cool uh, in that way. Uh, Dr. Jones asked, does it take eight gigs of disk space for each one you suspend or whatever? Um, it what that wasn't a thing that I really paid attention to, to be honest. Um, I wasn't really looking at, um, memory, uh, when I was switching between games at all. Um, I do have the expansion card that they provided with us, uh, provided to us, uh, from Xbox that does change a little bit of the conversation because again, like that is a thing that you will need. Uh, to do that with Xbox Series X games in a real way. Again, if you put if you plug in a uh, a USB drive into this thing, uh, you will be able to basically use that for cold storage. So you can you can download those games uh, and then transfer those games over to the console directly. Uh, so that's the thing to do there. Um, I'm just looking at all the stuff that people are saying in the chat right now as well. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it was like five or six games that were in suspended mode that we were able to kind of switch and, 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 and dig through in a lot of ways. Uh, did it affect uh, boot up since it's loaded in memory? It didn't. It still booted super quick. Uh, all that stuff worked really fast and, and, and didn't feel different at all um, in any of that way. Um, 
uh, do I need this with Game Pass and a PS5? I'm starting to think I do. I mean, well, here's the thing is like, uh, I am a huge proponent of just having Game Pass anyway because of all the benefits that you get. Again, the xCloud is going to be in that conversation. Um, you know, so many games you're going to get that are, you know, games that you might have never paid, never played because you didn't want to buy them. So you just have them in Game Pass as a part of the subscription. Like, I'm a huge fan of Game Pass in lots of different ways. So I would say Game Pass is a thing that if you are in that ecosystem, even if you don't have an Xbox Series X or an Xbox Series S, the P, if you play on PC, you still get a benefit from that. If you don't even have a console, you have an Android phone, but you have a, a you know a Microsoft account, you still benefit in that space too. So like those things are in there in real ways where you still get a benefit from any of that stuff. Um, so so it's super cool uh, when it comes into there. Um, that stuff is fantastic and and super dope. Um, the other part of that conversation again is the load times. The load times I remember booting up. Um, the outer worlds on my uh, PS4 again, not the same ecosystem, so very very different. Because uh, I've only had it on on that on that console before. Uh, I think I have it on on my Xbox uh, One X as well, but I don't remember how, how how long it takes to load. It takes a long time to load. On the Xbox Series X, it takes like six seconds to load, six to seven seconds to load. And that's from quick resume. That's from boot to, to, to jumping in. It's quick. It's fast. And the thing I shared with somebody else was the, the, the quick resume stuff and the loading times actually make like having had a chance to play with them in a real way. It actually made me upset that most of the stuff that I bought in this gen was on PS4. Cause now a lot of those games, if they do have next gen upgrade abilities, I'm kind of stuck getting those things on PS5, not knowing what the hell is going on on the PS5's OS. We still don't know a lot of stuff that's going on with the feature set. There's a lot of things in that space that we just don't know and we don't have an understanding of yet. So I feel I felt like kind of stuck after um, having had all these cool features kind of plugged into the OS and then not knowing, you know, I'm going to kind of lose that stuff with any of those things. Uh, so that was kind of weird to to feel that way because most of the stuff I played in this generation uh, was on my PS4. That was my console of choice for most of the games that I played. Um, so it, it is it is super impressive what they're doing with Quick Resume, with the ability to load games super quick. Um, you know, I played, I went back and started playing a whole bunch of Sunset Overdrive uh, and all that kind of stuff was brilliant and it feels great. The other thing that is actually really nice on the new system is the new Xbox controller that comes with the, the Xbox Series X. It is a small thing because I'm a huge um, proponent of um, the Elite 2 controller. I love my Elite 2 controller. It feels really good. Even as a person who prefers a DualShock to the Xbox pad because it's just size wise, it's a little bit smaller. Um, the grips on the, on the controllers are so good. They feel really nice. The ones on the, on the bumpers feel really good. It, it covers the whole back parts of the pad. It is really nice that small little touches of the, of the design feel really good. And the D pad, excuse me, feels really good too. 
which is a thing that's always been not that great, but it feels very, very good in terms of the, in terms of the, um, Xbox, uh, uh, new Xbox pad in that way. So I am very, very pleased with what I've been able to play with so far. Again, we'll have lots more things to talk about. I'm going to try to film some content with this over the weekend, uh, to talk a little bit more in depth about what I can share. Um, you know, I may just poke some of this stuff and grab this in, or I may refine it because this is me rambling about it. I'll be more concise with my conversation about what it is, but Again, huge thank you to all the folks over, over at Xbox and Microsoft for sending this thing over early. You know, we've had this thing probably a month before most of you will get this uh, and, and a chance to, to check out the pre, pre-final hardware and pre-final software. Um, so, you know, feeling very, very lucky to, to be one of the first folks on the planet to have one of these early uh, and, and, and really enjoying my time with it. Can't give more uh, conversation about that because we're still under embargo. We'll have more impressions a little bit in a couple of weeks. And then especially down the line when we have more stuff to talk about in those spaces for sure. So we're going to take a super quick break and then we're going to come back with the 411 uh, and talk a little bit about some of the news of the week because there was some cool stuff that happened uh, that we got that we definitely have to talk about. Um, in some real ways, it's stuff that we just talked about with some launches, some new information that came out about some new games. Uh, so we'll be right back after this, uh, and hold on to your heat, hold on to your heats, hold on to your seats. Uh, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the spawn of me podcast. <laughs> you can tell it has been a minute. I have not streamed in a minute. I've not done a show in a minute. So thank you all to my pro stream, uh, because that's what I do here in the podcast land and all that cool stuff. Again, thank you everybody for coming back to the Spawn of Me podcast with Kylie Fadams. I am your host, Kylie Fadams. Um, and we have lots of cool things to talk about in the second half of our show. If you missed the first half of the show, you missed us talking about the Xbox Series X in a little bit. We showed off a little bit of the hardware. Uh, and yeah, we talked a little bit about the state of the world and people not understanding how to use the internet properly. So <laughs> again, Thank you all for coming through and hanging out. Uh, but right now we have a little bit of news to get into before we get up out of here for three, five, three, uh, of the spawn of me podcast. And we're going to get into the four one one right about now. So we have the 411 this week. We have lots of cool things to talk about and I don't have my mic muted this time. So it's awesome. I figured that part out today. I know how to do it. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff happening this week. I think, you know, again, we're still about a month away from everything happening uh, with launches and all that cool stuff. We have so many new games to talk about. We have two new consoles that are going to be out. In the world, I think it's going to be super, super cool to see all those things kind of break themselves down. Uh, but the first story is all about Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat's second combat pack. I am very, very excited about that thing coming into the world. I, I am a huge Mortal Kombat fan. If you've been paying attention to the show, one of the biggest reveals of that content uh, was the fact that now you will be able to get the one, the only Melina into the game. 
there have been lots of speculation about what was going to happen in the space with her because a lot of people wanted her back in the game. She is now in the game. Uh, also, Rain is back in the game. Uh, who is a really, you know, interesting pull uh, to be able to pull back into the game for sure. Um, I, I am super excited with those two characters coming back. And then the third character who did I did not expect to be in this game, which was a huge, huge surprise for folks who have been not paying attention to the leaks and to the conversations that have been happening. But Rambo is now going to be in Mortal Kombat 11. I don't understand what is happening with that. I don't understand the fact that we're going to get Sylvester Stallone, who's voicing the character of John Rambo, back into Mortal Kombat 11 for the first time, or into Mortal Kombat 11 for the first time. It is madness that this is going to be a thing. I didn't know this was going to be a thing. I had no clue that this was actually going to be something that was going to happen. It is mut. It is, is nuts. I don't. I don't know what's happening anymore with Mortal Kombat. We had the Terminator. Uh, you know, Terminator was in gears, like Doctor Jones says in the chat. You know, Mortal Kombat Ultimate is going to be the new name of the game once they do their the up the the re up uh, for this thing. What's actually going to be really cool is a couple of things that they shared, which is one, it's going to be have visual enhancements for the Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five. Uh, you're going to be able to upgrade your, your, your current copy to the new copy uh, free of charge, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, that's going to be amazingly dope. Uh, to, I, I, the, the voice lines that are going to happen between, uh, you know, uh, Rambo and, and, and the Terminator are going to be nuts. I really wish that they maybe had stitched them together in a way. I mean, they stitched them together. That's going to sound really cool. I really wished and hoped that they had had both Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the same room uh, when they did this, because uh, that would have been super cool to see. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm very excited to see what these characters are going to look like and see how those things are going to going to going to play. And you know, I feel like Rambo is going to play like Striker in some weird way because we already have a couple of characters with guns in the game. Uh, you know, RoboCop is in the game. You have uh, Spawn has guns. Now Rambo's gonna have guns. Um, it's I, I don't know the, what the the move sets are gonna look like because honestly, like RoboCop is viable, but his gunplay doesn't really do a lot of stuff in it. So it's kind of I don't know. It's 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 an interesting addition to this game that I don't know how it's gonna work, but it's gonna be cool. You know, we want to get Sylvester Stallone on the show. Come on, this, uh, come on the show, Sylvester Stallone. I'm totally down for this. I would be totally, totally down for this to be a thing. Um, mad, mad love to everybody who just came through on the raid as well. But I, again, it's like one of those things where who knows how this thing is going to work uh, and all the stuff that's going to happen in Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11 now, Mortal Kombat now. Uh, it's not Aftermath anymore. It's Mortal Kombat Ultimate. That is what we're going to wind up getting. Um, so yeah, uh, Denny Von Doom said it's probably going to be guns, knives, a bow, and arrow. Yeah, like his moveset is definitely going to be a bow at some point. It's going to be, you know, maybe he'll have a tripwire. They kind of showed a tripwire in the in the the trailer. You know, maybe he'll have a, you know, they had a a, 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 a trap net that that's in there. Maybe that'll be a part of his his set too. Lots of different things that they can do with that character. So that's that's going to be pretty cool to see what they're going to do in that space. Um, 
Best of love again to everybody who just came through on the raid. Uh, shout out to the folks over at uh, Andy Cortez. Maximum Cortez, if you're listening to this in audio form, please go check out Kind of Funny. Kind of Funny does amazing stuff, and we love them to death here at Spawn on Me. So, so give them some love. Um, next story up on the show is about NBA 2K and Next Gen. So one of the things that I have been the most excited about when it comes to next gen is always sports games. Sports games are always going to be a thing where you get to see this graphical fidelity in a way that you kind of understand it in a better way. Like again, the uncanny Valley is a part of the conversation that you currently see often when you think about what next gen is going to bring to the table. Um, But what they're doing with NBA 2k I'm really excited about for a couple of different reasons. Um, I am very, very hyped at the fact that this is going to be a thing. Um, so, you know, we all know it's going to look beautiful. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to look like something we've never seen before in lots of different ways. I think we've hit this level of fidelity that looks so good that, you know, where are we going to go next? It looks beautiful. Steph Curry looks like Steph Curry. Uh, you know, all those folks look exactly like the way they're supposed to look. Uh, again, LeBron's hairline is going to be atrocious in 4K. It's going to look terrible. Uh, it's going to look awful, but it's going to be amazing uh, in the other way. So I'm just like looking at this stuff, like looking at it now during the stream and like the lighting looks so beautiful. These new angles that they have for the for the court looks fantastic. The The, the just fidelity of how everything is going to look just brings everything up to a new level, which I am so, so excited about and hyped about because we get to see all these cool little small additions to the way the game is going to look. And that's going to translate a little bit to the way you wind up playing. There's already been conversations about different ways that you, uh, you shoot. Um, You know, there's going to be different ways that you use the shot stick in next gen it's also a little bit weird because there are some functionality parts that just aren't going to be there in the previous gen. And it's kind of like, man, if you got your stuff on current gen, you missed out on a lot of cool stuff that you're possibly going to get because they're not going to do a direct, uh, 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 upgrade for folks in that space. Like you're probably, you're going to have to buy this game again on next gen. Uh, they've already talked about that on previous shows about, you know, them making you pay extra money. Uh, some of the, uh, some of the modes don't carry over. Like some of that stuff is not going to happen. You know, your, my team will carry over, but your, my career won't carry over, which is going to suck for a lot of people. Cause it's a lot of time and effort and money that you want to putting into that particular game. Um, and again, it's going to be very, very difficult for a lot of people to, um, want to pay that extra 70, you know, pay that 70 bucks to get that game. Um, twice because you've already bought it for 60 on on current gen if you decided that you couldn't wait and then you're going to spend another 70 bucks to get it on next gen um, to get this new graphical fidelity which again looking at this thing in real time I can't I can't not say I'm not going to buy it I have to like look at the like Steph Curry's face like I can't not buy this thing and then the other part of that is I, I know and I hope and I and I think that Again, if they have put in uh, face scanning and all that kind of stuff in the game too, 
that's I want to see what I look like in in this fidelity on this game in this way. That to me, if you show me what that looks like in a screenshot and show me what the scanning stuff looks like in a real way, then again, like as a big sports fan, as a huge NBA fan, I kind of have to do it. Like you got me by the balls right there and I don't know what to do about that, but cop it. You know, too familiar in the chat says his 80s eyebrows. I mean, uh, yeah, his his uh, his his brow is going to look amazing. He's going to like 4K eyebrows. It's going to be amazing. It's just going to connect all the way around his head. It's going to look like a like a headband. It's going to look amazing. It's going to be fantastic. So, I mean, if you waited on 2K, you probably made the this, this smart choice. Uh, it is beautiful, though, and I'm very, very excited for it. Um, again, it's going to be a really difficult thing to try to figure out how people are going to pay for that thing twice. Um, so remember that when you're going to the store and doing all those kind of things. Um, so we'll see how that winds up playing itself out. Uh, I do want to hear what some of the new features are going to be because one of the hard things also when it comes to sports games, especially when it comes to 2K, has been the initial part of the conversation that happens for these games is that the previous gen still has a lot of features and they don't really put those features into the next game when it jumps, when it jumps uh, generations. Like usually the first game that comes out on next gen from a 2K perspective is pretty bare bones. You'll probably just get a lot of the same normal features that you get without all the bells and whistles that you get in the previous game. If that stays true to form, that also is a rough thing to ask people to pay for when it's a, you know, less full feature rich version of the game that's going to happen. I already talked to, uh, LD2K, uh, Chris Manning, who has been on the show numerous times, um, about coming back on the show to talk about next gen. Now that we've seen what next gen looks like, um, I'll be reaching back out to him to see when we can get him on the show to talk about this because it looks beautiful. And I am very, very excited for the way this thing is going to look and play, um, in the future. So, Again, if you're a big 2K fan, then like you, you, you understand what's happening and you know your wallet is going to be crying uh, towards the end of the year <laughs> alongside all the other kind of stuff that's in that space. Uh, the third and last story for this episode is all about the PS3 teardown. There was, again, lots of conversations about what the PS5 is going to look like in a real way. Um, we have heard lots of people talk about that conversation. We've had lots of people try to figure out there was an, an event in Japan where some Japanese um, influencers got a chance to get hands on with the console before anybody else has. Um, and it was a really interesting. Uh, did I say PS3? Uh, PS5, sorry. Um, it was a really interesting teardown of what the system is going to look like. The system is huge. The system is massive. Uh, the poor dude sitting next to this thing, I think it was like from his torso up to his neck. Uh, of course, the thing is, you know, on a table and, you know, he's, he's kind of like poking through it and going, going through it. But that thing is massive. It is unreasonably huge in the way that that thing works. I am excited to see the kind of industrial engineering that went, went into that thing. I literally have no space to put that thing vertically anywhere near anything. It would need its own stand at this point in my house for me to have a place to put that thing vertically somewhere. People talked a little bit like you saw the PS, you know, the Xbox series X in my hand 
And, you know, I could one hand that thing in a, in a, in a reasonable way. The PS5, that gets its own, like, there's no, like, two consoles on a shelf kind of deal when, with that thing coming into play. There just isn't. Like, you know, the, the ability for him to kind of, like, take this thing apart and dig through it was, was brilliant and beautiful. I, I kind of love the way that they kind of talked about this stuff from a very, you know, kind of sterile uh, standpoint. Um, I love the fact that, again, it's going to be something where the side panels come off because, again, in the 360 era, you had the uh, the face plates that was a huge thing where people got to redesign those things and, and, and customize those in a real way. There is absolutely going to be an aftermarket market for PS5 side panels, which I'm actually kind of really excited about because now, you know, shout out to the fam Xbox Pope. Uh, who constantly does fantastic work, but I'll be able to maybe have a design from him be on my PS5. You know, we'll have some secondary uh, uh, company do that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and then get spray painted. Somebody's going to like, you know, artfully do something on those things and see what it's going to look like. It's really cool to see the innards of this thing and see what it's going to wind up being. And I think we're going to see a lot of really customized PS5s in the world at some point once they wind up coming out. And that's going to be cool. Nothing on that on that fence besides that. I think, you know, the one thing I'm still, again, worried about is we're probably around a little bit over a month away from this beautiful big machine, this thick ass machine coming into the real world. And we literally still don't understand what we're going to have in terms of the day-to-day experience um, with this particular piece of gear. We have no clue. We have no clue. No idea what this thing is going to look like from a UI perspective, from a, you know, what the share button, the new share button is going to do. You know, what's the OS going to do? Are we going to be able to stream from these consoles? Of course, the answer is probably yes. But like, is there going to be integrations with other stuff? Is there going to be like Discord integration? Is there going to be all this stuff we still don't have answers for, which is really weird with us being only a month plus away from launch. It's nuts that we still have this many questions about these machines that most of us have already still pre-ordered, which is also crazy to think about if you if you really dig into it, that we have sight unseen, you know, kicked out. 500 plus bucks. Some people a thousand and change because you bought games, you bought controllers, you bought peripherals, all that stuff for maybe one or two systems. And we still don't know so much of what's going to happen with either one of those games or either one of those consoles. So, um, I don't know. I, I need to see a little bit more. I'm dying to see a little bit more, uh, cause I think it's important for us to see a little bit more. Um, but it is super wild. I can't front the fact that Sony will show us, uh, you know, almost eight minute teardown of a machine, uh, and not tell us any of the features that are going to be in that console yet, like in a real way, which is wild to me. I mean, we know more about the dual shot, the, the, the dual sense that we know about the actual console now, which is wild. Um, and again, I think that's the reason why you saw. Microsoft get ahead of the curve and send out boxes early because they still understand that they are behind in terms of sentiment. And I think with 
you know, uh, Game Pass being in the space and the xCloud being in the space, a lot of those things being being uh, connected, um, like they still have to prove a lot of uh, worth to the consumer and to the gaming industry in a, in a whole and to gamers a lot. Um, there was a thing I saw on Twitter a little bit earlier today that basically said 75% of all the 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 pre-sales for consoles went to went to Sony, which is interesting because again, Microsoft has done more to showcase why you would want a machine than Sony has, except for games in the biggest way. We're all banking on X on Game Pass to be the thing. But I would still say that Microsoft still has to show off a game or two that is gonna really, really bring it home for people. I think when people saw Miles Morales, they kind of still got into their bag and was like, yo, Sony's going to be my jam. And let's figure that part out. It's going to be real interesting to see, again, how all of that stuff winds up uh, panning out in that way. So, yeah, shout out to the folks over at Sony. Again, you know, it's a beautiful, well, well-engineered machine. It is gorgeous to look at. Um, the one thing I'm actually excited about is they showed a little slot that you might be able to put some M.2s in there. That's super cool uh, for expanded memory. Uh, the cooler looks really fantastic and beautiful and big. And, and you know, it should be fairly quiet because it's going to be because it's going to have all that space. I do wonder if the uh, non-disc version uh, that they didn't show in the teardown is going to be the same size because it doesn't need to be because it doesn't have the drive in it. I would think it would be smaller which would be cool if it was actually smaller um but who knows uh what that actually looks like in that way um so we'll see uh it's a lot of still unseen unheard uh things from the sony camp uh there's still lots of questions to be answered uh i'm waiting for digital foundry to get their their hands on a, on a unit so that they can do all the breakdowns and all that cool stuff uh, and I'm still waiting to see what we're going to have in terms of final product from Xbox and from Sony in lots of different ways. Somebody asked, did we see the official Xbox Series X UI? No. Uh, answer is no. Uh, all that stuff is still under embargo. I can't say anything. Uh, but it has been very cool to see some of that stuff um, kind of play itself out and get shared. So. Word. Lots of stuff this uh, this night. This this episode flew by. Again, thank you to everybody who came through in chat. Thank you to everybody who uh, listened to the beginning of the show where I didn't know how to unhit the mute button. <laughs> Learning how to stream again. Um, but everybody, thank you again for listening to the show. You know, check us out on Fanbytes Network. Uh, check out Vin Porter. Um, again, we are sponsored by those wonderful folks. We're doing some cool work with them. Uh, we have some cool things happening in the space soon uh, on the wine front. I'll be doing some conversations and having conversations about the stuff they gave to test and to check out. And uh, yeah, uh, super hyped for the rest of this month. We have some cool things that are happening in the back end uh, that you'll be hearing about soon. Uh, and uh, again, you know, every Thursday we'll be doing a late version of the podcast. Maybe we'll even do it backwards. We may even do the uh, podcast a little bit earlier in the day and then do our Thursday night, uh, Thursday night football streams right afterward. Cause then, you know, it'll be a little bit easier for everybody to actually watch it. So we're not doing shows at like 1030 at night. Uh, Cause then you miss all the East coasters and all that other good stuff. So 
Again, if you like the show, follow us on all the social media stuff. Uh, please share out the streams. Please follow us on Twitch. Uh, please check us out on on uh, YouTube. We've been growing really well over there as well. This show and every episode will be going up on our on our YouTube channel a couple of days later than the actual show, the actual audio show. We record on Thursdays and they go up live on Fridays. So again, that has changed from our usual got six years of dropping shows on a Tuesday. So you get your shows a little bit earlier. We get to talk about things in a fresher way um, and you get more Spawnomy content earlier and for all those folks there in that space. So again, massive love to you all. Thank you all so much for rocking tonight, uh, for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll see you all next week, Thursday, uh, to be able to talk to you more about cool things that are happening in the world in the Spawnomy spaces. So mad love to you all. We'll see you all next week. Peace. <laughs>